0: Welcome to uh, the fourth episode of Collective Mass Radio. Um, I have with me Unity graphics guru, Aras. hope I pronounced that right. And he's going to be chatting to us about his uh, physically-based rendering stuff um, as well as an insight into Unity as a guru, as a company. So um, I'll just hand over that question to you and just if you could tell me about how you first came to Unity and how you've seen the company progress.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Hi. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so I've been at Unity about eight years now. I think I joined in two thousand start of two thousand six. Back then Unity was version one point two. The editor was still Mac only. It could barely make Windows standalone games. There was no web player for Windows. Right. So I think that that was the first thing I did was the web player for Windows. Yeah. Really? You were involved in that? Yeah. I mean, did you do it yourself? Or was that your project? Or? Well, uh, yeah, I did. Well, I mean, back then the company was four guys. So, I mean, <laughs> uh, CTO, Joachim was doing mostly whatever, all the engine work. Right. I was doing the web player for a while and Windows work. Because no one else in the company could actually use Windows. But they were all Mac-based? Yes, everyone. Wow. I mean... And, <laughs> and,
0: and what... What, what, what was driving the Mac development? Why, did, why were they so Mac-based? Was it just the... I don't
1: know. They just had Macs. I mean... <laughs> okay. I, I, I have no idea why, but I mean, they were like Mac fanboys, and they, they used Macs, and that's all they did. And that's why the engine was Mac-only. I guess it kind of helped at the start because I mean there were some Windows engines out there. Not not that many but there were some. Yeah. Where s- there was like zero game engines on the Mac.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um I mean like I think it's a reason a lot of my friends and myself actually switched to Mac was the idea of like well we have to develop iOS games and we can only compile through Xcode on on a Mac right so we just got a Mac tried like Hackintosh and a couple of the other things.
1: That was much later I mean back when Unity started iOS didn't exist.
0: Yes yeah Yeah, I only switched recently when because I tried that whole thing of like developing on a PC and then um Uh, Having like a little Mac Mini, but the workflow just seemed a bit clumsy, right? You commit, and then you have your
1: your yeah. I though I think recently we did we ship support for building iOS games from Windows. I don't
0: think so. I think
1: maybe we are about to ship that. All
0: right. Should I delete that?
1: No. Well, I mean we, we just yesterday announced that unity 4.5 will be out soon and then 4.6 will be out after that and 5 will be out after that I'm not quite sure whether we announced all the features of 4.5 I thought that we shipped building iOS games from windows in 4 dot to3 but that might be no. four. five all right well if it is then yeah that, that should be shipping soon then
0: well that's wonderful <laughs> I mean like that's news that that certainly a lot of people will be excited about
1: I, I it's I think there might be some caveats there. I think at least the app store submission still needs to be done on the Mac. Yeah. But yeah, basically we're we're trying to make Windows friendly for iOS as well.
0: So. That's that's excellent. Well done. Um, just getting back to as you how you've seen the company change over time. Um, you said you were four guys in a room in the beginning. Yeah. Um, and usually I see like you know, when companies get bigger, they kind of lose their core focus. But Unity seems to have always been community-orientated and um, has done a good job at supporting
1: it. What has it been like from the inside? Well, I mean, uh, in the company, I'm, I'm the, probably the most pessimistic guy ever. <laughs> uh, I remember back when we grew from four guys to 15 guys, I was like, we are turning into IBM any day now. Right. Uh, and then we grew to 50, and then I was like... Afraid that we'll lose the spirit, and then we grew to 100, and now we have 400 people. Right, and, but I mean, so far it seems to be okay. I mean, we're not IBM or Microsoft level of bureaucracy yet. Okay. <laughs>
0: so is it is it uh, is it a very um, hierarchical structure inside, or is it no. kind
1: of flat? No, it's very flat. Okay. It's, it's the flattest company I've ever been at. Okay. Uh, yeah, basically, I. Most of the developers, I mean, if you would ask who their lead is, they, they would have to pause and think for a minute <laughs> because it's it's very non-obvious. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: that's that's that sounds refreshing to me, just because I find that um, as soon as you restrict developers or people, you know, say you fit into this box and you can't. You know, no, no, it's,
1: it's it's very sort of it's very laid back and very flat, and that actually causes problems sometimes. I mean, because I mean, it's very chaotic. Right. I mean, there's no sort of single person who knows everything that's going on. Oh, okay. Because and and also no single sort of authority that would put a final word in anything we do. So, how it, do you how do you get then then how do you anything you, done? Yes. Uh, well, maybe
0: we don't. I don't know. Well, thank you for getting nothing done because it's made me
1: some money in my lifetime. So well done. Uh, yeah. Well. Somehow, I I don't know. Right. Somehow stuff happens. But, I mean, you can probably see that, I mean, some of the things that we are not too good at, we probably should have been better at. I mean, like, most of the Unity users are aware that we should have done some sort of new UI system sooner rather than than later. And it's been a very not a pinnacle of our engineering success internally. So, Right. So, I mean, uh, from the UI perspective, we've
0: been waiting for that for a while. Um, and then a lot of, like, solutions have popped up. And I've seen some really good stuff. Um, I think it's yeah. Unicron software. The 2D toolkit um, is fantastic. They've got some really nice features in it. And, uh, I mean... Usually when you use any engine that's you know using shaders on a graphics card, they're going to be rendering quads with you know textures on yeah. them. Um, so uh, a lot of the guys that I talked to thought that you saw what the community was doing and then said, well, hey, there's some community solutions for it. Let's get
1: some other stuff done first. Uh, was that not the case? I don't think that was the case, actually. I, I mean, we wanted the new GUI for a long time. The reasons why it's not shipped yet is mostly internal sort of, so to speak, fuck-ups and unfortunate events. Right. Uh, Yeah, it. it, I don't think it has anything to do with that sort of, that 2D toolkit and GUI sort of already solved the problem. Okay. We, We had a team working on GUI for three years by now, I think, at least, and it was just, the project has been reset like three times or something and all right, it's just a mess, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I
0: mean, you guys are promising to ship that in four point five or four point six. Four point six. Four point six. Okay.
1: We wanted that in four point five, but then uh, stuff happened. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, how are you seeing the reception of your your recent uh,
1: your your two D stuff that you've done recently with four point three? I, well, I haven't been following that very closely, but I think people like that? Yeah, I'm, I've seen it. Sure. I mean, at least when we announced it, everyone was like, hey, that's awesome, mm. but where's the GUI? Yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, how many people have actually used that and whether they like it? Uh, I'm not quite sure. Right. I'm not following that. The only thing that I've heard from developers is that they really
0: wish that there was a good atlasing system. I know that your atlasing system is still in beta, if that's correct.
1: Yeah, I think there might be some improvements in 4.5. But again, I'm not quite sure. I'm all right. I mean, it's there's so much stuff going on that I'm not following. Well, yeah,
0: I know. With the release of five, you guys had all these great features, and I was just like, "God, I didn't know you were working on them." It was, it was well,
1: I mean, when you have like a hundred programmers, apparently they do something. <laughs> Funny that I thought they just had coffee all the time.
0: Well, Most of the time, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, well talking about the features, uh, I just read your paper um from your talk on physically based rendering. Um A it looks amazing. B I don't know why nobody's done
1: this. Like this is beautiful stuff and um, Well I mean people are starting to do this. I mean it's it's a fairly recent thing, I mean. Uh, yeah, and sort of couple the fact that the GPUs have increased performance so you can actually afford to do that. Right. And then coupled with the fact that it actually can save you money uh, to produce less less variations of textures yeah uh, to fit into different lighting conditions yeah. i mean you put those together and then yeah Basically, even for for current version of Unity, I mean, if you look at at Marmoset Skyshop or Alloy Physical Shaders, I mean, people are doing that already.
0: Yeah, I was looking through it, and I was just looking it through. Like you, you laid it out nicely, step by step, and I was just like, I can do a lot of this right now. Yes, just a couple of big skyboxes, and and you know, and then just taking the methodology of how you put that together, I was really inspiring. I haven't been inspired by that kind of stuff in a while (laughs) because from like an inspiration point of view in making games there's like okay I need to be able to see it understand it and apply it to my games like I need all three of those things and I was able like the way it was laid out was great I could see it I could identify I could put in my game Um, and then I saw it running at uh, at the booth um, Did you see it on PC or on mobile? Uh, I saw both. They brought over but, like a big Snapdragon yeah. device <laughs> um, that looked like it could power a small city. It was so big. <laughs> but um,
1: It's also actually running on an actual shipping uh, uh, Samsung Tab 10.1 or whatever. All right. It, it runs slightly slow on that one, but still fine
0: um one of the questions i had for them was um they were saying that all the skyboxes were real time uh, can you bake those skybox i know the the what do you call it the reflection probes can you bake out that reflection probe stuff uh,
1: i'm not quite sure what they meant that it, it was real time uh, i, I uh, thought uh,
0: they were saying that the reflection probes themselves were resampling everything
1: no uh, i don't think they they were
0: okay okay I,
1: I, which demo did you actually see?
0: I just went over and started fiddling and a guy came over to talk to me. It was, they showed a, they showed me two. They showed me the one with the, the big mechanical structure underground, right. and then there was another one with uh, with, with that statue? strange lady uh, holding the right. balloon that looks amazing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so, so the one with the statue, uh, all the probes are actually baked. Oh, okay, so you can bake, that's good. The shadows from the sunlights are real-time, uh, okay. and the uh, sort of actual lighting is real-time but but the probes are, are break okay and the
0: the ambient inclusion was that baked as
1: well or uh, was that real-time using a it yeah i think it was baked okay okay excellent
0: well i mean like it looks amazing and how's it gonna work on mobile like let's say can it work on an ipad 2
1: uh we're gonna try for ipad 2 ipad 1 i don't think we don't care anymore yeah. about the iPad One. It's like it was he, hot enough when it existed to care about it, but yeah, yeah. I mean, iPad One probably no one cares about that anymore. But iPhone Four, yeah, uh, I think uh, it's still 4S might be okay. Right. Four, not so much. Okay, okay, gotcha. So yeah, I mean, there's some level of performance you actually need. I mean. Uh, in the end, physically based shading doesn't—it's not that expensive to do. I mean, but you still need to add a division somewhere and add a square root somewhere. And yeah, on things like iPhone four. I mean, even a single division per pixel is like gonna kill you. Really? <laughs> I had no idea.
0: I have to go back and rewrite some shaders now. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, that, that, that's exciting. Can you talk us through how you you? You and your team got onto the subject, and how you decided to make this the thing that you were going to put out. Like, was there a problem you had to solve, or did you just read that Disney white paper and be
1: like, "Shit, we got to do this"? No, so so we a couple of years ago we we did this. PC demo that was called like butterfly effect or something yeah 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 I remember the, yeah. tri- the school bus okay. crashing through right yeah Yeah. Uh, so we did that one and we actually that was our first experience at trying to do like physically based shading and right. and working with the actual movie guys to see how they do that okay uh and so, basically, we liked it. We, we saw some advantages in the art production uh, that allow that. That yeah. basically, you can put in your objects into any, any lighting environment whatsoever, and stuff just works. Yeah. And and we saw that the film guys uh, have already switched to that, and the the game guys are switching to that. Right. I mean, if you look at the competing engines, like Unreal Engine Four has physically based shading as well. Right. I think Crytek are starting to do that. Okay. Yeah. So yeah.
0: Can we talk a little bit about um, the competition between Unreal and Crytek? They seem to be the biggest players that are competing for your space. Uh, you used to be the biggest, the p- biggest challenger to their space, right. but it feels like you have more installs and more power, at least from everyone I talk to. I'm like, because before, when I looked at the Unreal community, it felt very closed, right? right. So if you and you, you came in you asked a question and somebody already bumped their head a million times I'm not going to just give you that answer for free but the Unity community seemed to be like very open like oh yeah sure here's the code um, so well I mean
1: I'm not sure did you see that today's announcements from Unreal no I didn't sorry well it's going to be very interesting oh just well, let me put it that way I think yeah they are making some drastic moves in there and <laughs> we'll see what our answer will be Basically, the comp- the competition is heating up in right. this space. Right. And I mean, overall, I think that benefits sort of the industry as a whole. Right. It's just yeah, sort of if the big player, the big competitors in this space, are not le- letting us just sort of walk s- in. <laughs> yeah, just sort of sit down and do nothing. So. Right. Well,
0: it's well, us a little bit of challenge. We'll always keep things going. I mean, yeah. I don't know how much better you can do on price point. You guys are doing really well. Um, but it seems like now with the rapid iteration, I mean, like we just bought a license the other day. 4
1: came out a year ago, right? Well, that when was 4.0? I think that was October 2012. Was it that long ago? I think it's definitely over a year ago. Okay. Uh I, I don't remember when exactly. I mean,
0: Because it seems now it might be more beneficial to switch to your uh, subscription-based thing. Like if you guys are going to be releasing a new version each year
1: um, and your subscription is what, uh, $60 or so? I don't know. I mean, it, it, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's money thing. I, I, I'm trying to not be involved in that. All right, right, right. As long as I get my paycheck. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. But nonetheless, I mean, like...
0: The fact that you offer a subscription that, like, I can start doing pro-quality stuff, like, right now for a couple of hundred bucks, you know, that's it's pretty rad. But I'll get away from the money stuff. You, What was the announcements from the Unreal guys that were...
1: Well, just let me... I mean, it's easy to find out, but basically they are doing subscription at a very low cost, but but with a revenue share. Ah. But the cost is very low. All right. Uh,
0: Oh, that's... what a that? revenue
1: share, so it's kind of... Uh, I mean, has the tool changed much? I mean... Well, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's Unreal Engine 4. Uh, I I don't know how much, apparently, it has changed quite a bit. Right, right. Well, I, I still love the way
0: Unity works. I find that it's fantastic.
1: Yeah, but I, I think maybe, I mean, maybe it's not... That good to talk much about Unreal on a Unity podcast. Uh, <laughs> no, no, that's fine. It's always it's always interesting just to get uh,
0: perspective of like people right. who use the different engines.
1: Yeah, but uh, I mean, it, with today's announcements, it's, it will be interesting. Fantastic. Um, as far as your
0: your journey with computer computer graphics goes, how did you get into the industry? Like, how did you
1: decide that this is my career path? Well, actually, I. Uh, I probably wasn't thinking about Korea back then, but basically when I got my first computer ever, which, like, which was ZX Spectrum, which right. was like Sinclair c- clone. Right. Uh, back in, uh, what was it, 94 maybe? 95 or something. Uh, it was like this little computer with a tape. I remember the Zenith, yeah. Yeah, 48 kilobytes of RAM <laughs> and basic on it. Uh, uh, was it Q Basic or just straight up BASIC? it was was basic right good old go to yeah go to (laughs) Uh, town so basically I got this machine and then I had some book where it was like sample programs or whatever explaining how to program things right and I think the very first example that I typed in was like drawing some pattern on the screen right and I thought that's just so awesome I can do pretty pictures now on the screen. That basically, that, then uh, all I did after that was just sort of something computer graphics related. Okay, excellent. But I mean, I was in high school back then, so I wasn't exactly thinking about the career yet. Right. But then I went into university, and then I got a job doing some sort of regular programming databases and shit. Oh, uh, yeah. Then I got into the startup where we try to do Kinect, uh, 15 years ago. Right. Uh, and that went nowhere, but it was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 15 years ago? That, that's well, impressive. My, well, maybe 13 years ago. Okay. And yeah,
0: but Right. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd seen little bits of depth cameras um, around. No,
1: we were trying to do that without a depth camera. With just a straight up camera, like pick colors, colors and depth? Wow. Yes, and that's a challenge. And maybe Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried it, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Yeah, well, I mean, none of us knew that, and we just tried random things and see what sticks. And in the end, I mean, we didn't even have a decent business plan or whatever, so we just today. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you still speak to those guys who did, who did that? Well, work? I mean, most of them are working at Unity. All right. So did you
0: get did you get picked straight out of that company to go? To no, Unity? no, no, no.
1: I, I went back to do databases, <laughs> <laughs> like where real actual paychecks come from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. uh, <laughs> man, I remember um,
0: being shown computer gra- uh, com- like regular computer programming back in the day, where they were talking about like getting records from tables and all that kind of right. stuff, <laughs> and and. Uh, I just did the coursework because I had to. And then somebody showed me put pixel in Turbo Pascal. Yeah. And that was it. it was Because it was just like, if I can put a pixel down... And I can set a color, I can put multiple pixels down into do a picture, and once Everything I think c- possible, exactly <laughs> that I was like, I I can make games so that was I, that was a definitive moment, I still remember like the room, and the place, and then it was just like, and then I completely ignored my re- lecturer for like the rest of the semester because I was just like doing my own thing so,
1: yeah, yeah, so and I mean sort of, yeah, so I started in 94, 95, and then the Doom came out, and uh, yeah. And then in in maybe '98 or something, I was like making a Doom engine clone. In '98, already 3D cards actually existed, but I didn't have one, so <laughs> I was like huge. In, I was like in Eastern Europe, we didn't really have good computers back then so <laughs> <laughs> wow so Eastern Europe
0: whereabouts are you from? Lithuania oh no way okay excellent and and were you working in Lithuania got hired from there to come work in um, for Unity
1: yeah so I, I I spent first two years of my Unity time in Copenhagen right uh, then actually moved back to Lithuania because by then we actually hired like three or four Lithuanian guys right from that Connect startup days, right, and all of them actually wanted to move back uh, because of girlfriends. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> now that I think about it, yeah, all of our wives or girlfriends did not want to relocate. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the woman dictated where he lived. Yeah, so yeah, we opened fair. an office in Lithuania, and now we actually have close to thirty people in Lithuania. Oh, excellent. Doing mostly mobile stuff. Okay. So, uh, are the offices broken up
0: as far as uh, roles go? Like, Lithuania will do mobile? And
1: yeah, it's, it, it's a mix. Okay. Like, like we have an office in Stockholm mostly doing the fancy demos. Right. Then we have an office in Helsinki doing... I forget what they're doing. Doing something. Uh, Very important, uh, I'm sure. No, <laughs> they did most of the 2D stuff oh, recently. Oh, okay. And, and now we bought Amplifier who are doing game ads and... Uh, Sort of outside yeah, of remember. the engine stuff, uh, and then we have the main office in Copenhagen. We have an office in Berlin, and an office in Brighton, and all over the place. Everywhere, yeah.
0: Um, so you've made this great progress for Unity Five, right? For with the physically based rendering right. things. Um, where would you like to see
1: uh, rendering in Unity go from here? Well, there's still a lot of stuff we have to do. I mean. Uh, Like, we still don't have area lights. Right. Uh, There's still a lot of workflow improvements that we have to do. And uh, we're thinking quite a bit about how to make rendering more extensible in Unity. Right. So, so like, if someone wants to do crazy procedural mesh generation, like right now, there's no efficient way of actually doing that. Okay. You you can do that, but it's not, like, 100% efficient. Right. So we're thinking about ways about how to make some sort of lower-level APIs or something possible, more accessible, so that people can build their own stuff if they want to. Okay. Well, that would be fantastic. Yeah, because, I mean, most of the people are okay with whatever rendering pipeline we provide for them. Right. But then you have, like, 10% of the guys who want to just make crazy crazy custom stuff and maybe package it up nicely and sell Sell it it or whatever. I don't know. What about um, the
0: support for just, like, putting pixels on the screen? Um, oh. Because um, we were talking before about Flash and how you can just blit quite easily, and it was, right. was really great. Although that was software rendering, um, I'm sure, you know... Right.
1: So, so thinking about, like, 2D drawing API, basically.
0: Yeah, basically.
1: Right? Well, right now, no one is doing that, but, yeah, I think that would be interesting... We experimented a bit with, like, vector-based rendering uh, in one of our hack weeks, but, I mean, it was like a week off, do whatever we want, so uh, that would be also interesting for some future, I think. It would be. No,
0: I I speak to a lot of Flash guys specifically who have made the transition to Unity just because of uh, commercial viability, and a lot of them do ask for some kind of vector rendering um, just because of footprint, right? Uh, one of the great things about yeah. um, about Flash was that like if everything was a vector there's just a bunch of numbers that you put together and then you know the graphics card yeah and software. if you look at
1: like the, the display density that's still increasing I mean yeah. yeah
0: and specifically for type I mean like it would be great just to have uh, you know text being vector-ended right because then you can size it up as much as you want and your atlas is, is super well there's like, no atlas it's tiny yeah
1: so beyond some size Text should be vectors yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, is there any move towards that or is it just uh, Uh, well i mean right now no one is working on that but i mean i mean we have over 100 programmers right i mean once they're done with whatever they're working on right now they will have to do something else so
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh excellent so i'll make sure that the the listeners of the podcast send in their uh their, their comments and requests I'll pass it out to you okay <laughs> and then you'll burn it and then <laughs> yeah because <laughs> it gets cold
1: up there right yeah it does uh,
0: so um, just moving on to to a couple of other things that um, that uh, people usually wonder about is like
1: do you do you play video games in your spare time actually not so much I mean I used to play video games 15 years ago right uh then I almost stopped playing them completely. Now I'm slightly back into playing some of them. I mean, I played some weird indie games on iPad. Right. Uh, uh, I don't play AAA games actually. I'm the 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 only sort of what you could call sort of traditional traditional PC game that I recently played was maybe Portal Two. All right. But, I mean, th- that's, not like a, that's not that recent either. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter.
0: Because I'm seeing... Uh, um, you see a lot of people who are uh, in the game industry, right? And, uh, and specifically programmers. You don't have any time. And if you're married and got kids, you got even less time. Yeah. So your time for games goes down. Right. Um, I see also that the commitment required by AAA games for you to get into it and get to the fun is pretty high,
1: right? It, it, that's actually the other thing. I mean, I, I tried playing some of the, some of the console games recently like a year ago or so but it's ju- that's so complicated now or maybe i'm just too old now no i, I don't, don't know do maybe I, both i hear you
0: because i mean like i uh i just got the 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 new well the old assassin's creed game the one with the yeah. pirate ship and stuff really it has fun moments but i'm only really having a lot of fun like 10 hours in you know what yeah. i mean and um and my wife's been working a lot. That's the only reason that I've been afforded that time to, you know, to get those 10 hours. Uh, but but then I pick up a game like Colossatron from Half Break. Right. Um, and I'm having fun in like a couple of seconds. And it's really engaging stuff. Um, so it's, I just, I, I see a curve sometimes about games, you know, gamers specifically people in the industry of just like, you, you just don't have time to wait for somebody to tell you their narrative to get to the game. Right. And there's always that argument <laughs> between narrative and gameplay, and you know, it's just always interesting to get other people's uh,
1: realistic, you know, what they're actually doing. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's, most of the recent console or AAA games are just too complex or too long for me.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, most of the mobile games, the popular ones, are too simple for me because, I mean, I, I can't afford more than two minutes, actually. Yeah. Uh, so recently, the games I've been playing mostly on iPad also sort of these sort of middle and light, like the best games I've recently played was like Device 6 Right uh, and uh, The Room Ah uh, right Both There's of them Unity, Unity? <laughs> Yeah <laughs> I might like, be biased yeah. but I mean these are games that you can actually play through like three or four hours and and these actually are good games I mean like Yeah they are They are actually interesting and they are sort of non- non-standard so to speak, so I like them.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. Um, not made with Unity, but I, uh, I started playing Broken Age and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, but the whole way through I was playing Broken Age and I'm like, how can I do that dynamic 2D lighting in Unity? Because uh, they had a really interesting 2D lighting engine for their... But
1: actually, one of the graphics programmers did a blog post recently about how they do that. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I'll have to it, it was fairly simple. I don't remember the details now, but it actually was a blog post about how... Excellent. Package might be
0: coming soon from Collective Mass. Okay. (laughs) Uh, um, And then as as far as... like the game industry in uh, in general goes. Where do you where do you see it going in the next five years? I mean, we've seen such unpredictable changes. You know, mobile yeah. entered, dominated. Uh, consoles kind of fighting back with the next generation console, but they don't seem to be gaining as much ground. Uh, you see Steam doing very well for Indies, yeah. and the PCs coming back with the Steam box in the living room. Um, do you have any opinions on those?
1: Well, I mean, I I think anyone who who pretends to know where, where things are going in five years is just full of bullshit I mean I mean by, by now I cannot say that but a while ago <laughs> I, I was saying that like five years ago mobile did not exist at all right and the Wii was the best console sort of the best selling console and like right now Nintendo is basically nowhere yeah uh, Which uh, is why
0: they're reaching out to you guys for more developers. I guess so.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there has to be a
0: reason. (laughs) (laughs) I remember looking at getting a um, Nintendo Dev Kit for uh, for the Wii when it first came out, and the requirements were just so radical. Being from South Africa, I could hardly get any of these things done. Like, I had to have a bunker for my data storage, (laughs) and like, you know, it was just like I don't know how they're going to approve this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so I mean. I mean, there's multiple things, sort of. Uh, The AAA game industry is in a bit of tough times. I mean, you you see studios closing all over the place. Right. Or being merged into larger studios. On the other hand, I mean, there is some excitement now for the new consoles. I mean, PS4 and Xbox One are not doing too bad. Right. Uh, So we'll see how long that lasts. Right. Uh, I see big excitement for VR stuff. Yeah, yeah, the Oculus Rift seems right. to be... Yeah, generous. I mean, I I had the first dev kits. The first dev kits were like, OK, this is promising, but not that sort of good. I mean, right. like, like I tried myself. It was OK. I gave it for my wife to try. She got immediately sick. Uh, that is my biggest right. concern so far. Yeah. They're actually fixing a lot of these things. So, like, I recently tried one of the new prototypes, the Crystal Cove. Right. That is much, much better. Really? Than the first one. Higher much resolution more. or just it, better it, stability? It's not the resolution itself. I mean, they they they, they re, sort of the higher res is nice, but. Actual critical things are much less motion blur, much less smearing, okay. much better tracking. Basically, all the stuff that makes you much less motion sick. Oh, that's fantastic!
0: Yeah, because I got
1: John Comic on that now, right? Yeah, yeah. they have a lot of smart people.
0: So, <laughs> uh. Yeah. Well, it's been uh, it's been really exciting, like tracking that. Um, I think the studio three one zero who made the they've got that big space game not a big epic space game but like uh, it's similar to the movie Gravity where you're you know there's a calamity in space and you're floating through um, and the, there's a huge excitement with like marrying that with the Oculus Rift to right. get that full like submersed 3D space yeah. environment which is going to be good but it's good to hear because I tried the the um, oculus with prototype not prototypes but first dev kits and i was sick in five minutes um, no
1: it's much much better
0: now that's excellent because i really wanted to like it but yeah <laughs> <laughs> um is Chris? do you know if crystal cove is shipping yet or the new dev kits
1: no idea okay I'll well, have to you but into. i mean they stopped shipping the old ones so they had to be a reason i guess right 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 oh. hey maybe we'll have to pick one up <laughs>
0: Uh, were you involved with the Unity integration, Is, or did they build out all of that stuff?
1: I mean, I, I, I did answer some of their questions. I didn't type the code myself. Right. But, I mean, we did some technical support for them, yes.
0: Oh, excellent. Okay. Um, yeah, I remember when, when the Oculus Rift was first gaining traction, um,
1: your CEO um, did a big plug for them and was saying, like, this is a great thing. I mean, I mean, we are going back and forth sort of about how to do that with them. I mean, we are not writing code ourselves, but, I mean, we are supporting them technically Excellent. as far as how to exactly do that in um,
0: Unity. Have you seen anything else that's really excited you from that motion stuff? Because, I mean, I've seen um, the Leap Controller. That looks really cool. And... You know, the whole thing in my mind was, I'm going to have an Oculus RIP, and LEAP controller, and then all of yeah. a sudden I'll be able to control things in space.
1: I, I didn't try the LEAP. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I just think sort of this is one of the possible exciting futures for the games. Right. Uh, what are other exciting futures? I mean, I don't know right now. Sort of Mobile is not a startup sort of in the game space anymore. Yeah, it's right. kind of established now people are still trying to figure out the control schemes and all this stuff <laughs> yes i mean like first person shooters are still an unsolved problem yeah oh maybe maybe mobile just does not have to have them i don't know i mean yeah because i mean something like for example xcom yeah actually i played xcom on right. uh, on, on on ipad that translates really well to tablet
0: was it the old XCOM where you're like point-and-click based, or was well, it the
1: new... The, the new XCOM, but, I mean, it's still it's still uh, isometric. Right, right, uh, right. okay, gotcha, gotcha.
0: Because I got, you, got, you. Cause they got the, the latest console XCOM game, which is a, like uh, a third-person... No, no. Mm. Oh, yeah,
1: the original, gotcha, gotcha, okay. Got you. Yeah. okay. So, so, yeah, I mean, maybe, I mean, we just have to accept that first-person shooters are not for tablets, I mean... Yeah. I think I think we
0: might I mean I know a lot of people will argue for me but there's there's different form factors right like I have this with me all the time right. and I pull it out for 5 minutes and put it back I sit in front of my couch for a lot longer than that Yeah so but I was looking at some of the guys They have got the pressure controllers for the
1: you know the cases looks a bit gimmicky but you never know Yeah yeah I mean it, people are still trying to figure that stuff out Right right uh, but yeah I mean by now you can say that mobile gaming is actually established Industry. It is, yeah, it is. Um,
0: But it's always exciting that you know, in in the mobile space, you have. Uh, you have periods of time where people will say this is the perfect mobile game, and then somebody will just break that paradigm completely. You mean like Flappy Bird? <laughs> <laughs> sort of like Flappy Bird. <laughs> I was just thinking that like I was giving uh, advice and lectures to people a year ago about the best monetization strategies like and like the best way to do things. Um, and now when I look back at it, I could just say it's bullshit because right now it's completely different, right? It's not the same thing. And yeah, I mean I'm giving so the best advice but, you know, it's such an evolving space. Um, Well, I mean, like, that covers a lot of things. Do you have anything that you, uh, like, bugbears that you usually rant about as far as, like, computer graphics or the game industry? No, not really.
1: Uh, I mean... I don't know, what should I rant about? Ah, I mean, complain what about Unity users complaining about Unity? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll cut that out. <laughs> so, um, how have you found the Unity co- community? Have they been generally positive? or? When generally, I think the community is great. I mean, some of the feedback we get in like... Uh, uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, like, I mean, there's always like these sort of a very small person of community that are like very vocal negatives. Yeah. Uh, And sometimes it's hard to ignore them because, I mean, they still sort of get into your brain and that makes you sad. Uh, uh, I think some of the stuff that people might see from Unity from the outside and uh, assume it was evil or sort of any, some sort of evil plan, most of the time it's just explained by stupidity. Right. Basically, that's the same sort of... Whenever you see something and you think that there's an evil master scheme behind that, most of the time that can be explained by this sort of stupidity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've I've seen a lot of, like, conspiracy
0: theories about yeah. stuff. And,
1: but, I mean, Unity yeah. itself... Um, yeah, I mean, most of the conspiracy theories that I saw about Unity are not actually true. Or if they are true, then there are really deep conspiracy theories that even top people at Unity don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is a controlling entity by Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I found in my experience that a lot of people who are very negatively vocal are people who don't actually make much. Um, yeah, because you, it, probably. Yeah, you know how hard it is to make something, so you're very reluctant to, to, to be as brutal to other people. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but basically, I think the community is really good and really helpful to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think uh, I mean uh, w- once in a while I go to, to like forums or whatever for the competing engines just sure. to see what what's going on. And I think the Unity community is probably the most open. Yeah, uh, I, I saw some like uh, I saw some other engines where on their forums you yeah, are. Not allowed to talk about any other technology whatsoever. <laughs> really? Like it's this engine, or or you are like banned forever. <laughs> like, really? Jeez. <laughs> uh, oh. Well, yeah, that's, that's scary. I,
0: I must say, I, I can only say good things about the Unity community. Is there as you have you ever gotten like a a positive blog post that just made your day, or yeah, yeah. On Twitter?
1: Yeah. You, well, I, I probably can't remember any concrete example right now, but yeah. That happens quite a lot. That's excellent. That's excellent. It's good to know. Um, otherwise, um,
0: I think that's it. I have uh, I've pulled as much information as I can out of okay. your brain. Thank you very much for doing this. Um, do you have any parting advice for indie game developers using Unity? Go make some games. Excellent. Thank you very much. <laughs>